0: Radio. No. With SRN News, I'm Rich Thomason in Washington. President Trump following up his Twitter attack on a group of liberal Democrat congresswomen. President Trump continues to target four House Democrats, tweeting, When will the radical left congresswoman apologize to our country, the people of Israel, and even to the office of the president for the foul language they have used and the terrible things they have said, seemingly referring to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Ayanna Pressley, and Rashida Tlaib? His whataboutism argument comes after tweets he sent yesterday said the four lawmakers should go back to, as he puts it, they're broken and crime-infested countries all four congresswomen are americans and only omar is foreign born matt small washington nothing yet on the cause of saturday night's blackout at dark in more than 40 blocks of manhattan the utility serving the area says it's investigating on wall street stocks have turned negative the dow now down about 30 points and Nasdaq is off too this is srn news
1: we're giving away a thousand dollars every day Hello. You just won that $1000.
0: Hey, that sounds great. I definitely could pretty see good use.
1: Well, what are you going to do with
0: it? Well, I was looking at taking a trip up to Seattle next month, so
1: that will
2: probably go towards that.
1: You might be next. Listen for the daily keywords then enter them at twincitieswellnessradio.com for your shot at 1k a day. Learn more at our Facebook page.
0: Hey, this is Joseph and I just won $1000.
3: Like It Matters Radio, coming up here on Wellness 1570. I'm Lee Michaels. Quick look at that forecast today. We'll see sunshine, another warm one, probably mid-90s. Of course, that'll give way, make some unstable atmosphere conditions, which means we could see some showers and thunderstorms pop up. Mid-70s for your Monday night. Then for tomorrow, again, chance of a lingering shower or storm and a high around ninety.
0: Oh, yes,
1: yes, yes! Oh, where have you been?
4: If you snore, the first time you use Mute can be quite an experience. (laughs) I can breathe! I can breathe! Snoring can happen when your nose is blocked, forcing you to breathe through your mouth. Mute is a comfortable nasal breathing device designed to increase airflow through the nose by gently opening the airways. (laughs) Thanks to Mute, you get all the air you need through your nose and not your mouth, which means less snoring and more chance of sleep. Oh, that's the best night I've had in years.
0: In trials, 75% of couples reported a reduction in snoring when using Mute. Available at Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid and other fine stores. To find your local store or for more information, go to MuteSnoring.com. Mute. Breathe more. Snore
5: less. Sleep better
6: social security is with you through life's journey get to know us at socialsecurity.gov we are there day one with baby names and a gift that lasts a lifetime we are there as you grow protecting you and those you love we are there when you get your first job helping you to save for the future we are there when you marry your sweetheart to help secure your new life together we are there if the unexpected happens, to help you see life from a new perspective. We are there when you start your next chapter to make sure you get off to a great start. And we are there when you lose your soulmate to help make sure you will be all right. We are with you through life's journey, Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Get to know us and see what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov.
3: Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. For 30 years, the healthcare insurers have had it wrong. We don't need to manage our health care. We need to manage the finance of our health care. Sustainable health care. What is it? How do we attain it? And what changes are needed? What does this mean for doctors, healthcare insurers, pharmaceutical companies, and most importantly, you, the patient. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor, or can you change the system to keep your doctor in practice? these and a host of other questions will be addressed by Dr. Stephen Trobiani, MD, and his program Sustainable Healthcare on Wellness 1570, Saturday afternoons at 2. Dr. Trobiani brings his 30 years of medical practice and many years of uncovering problems in the healthcare industry and offering solutions on restructuring healthcare financing through free enterprise. Tune in Saturdays at 2 on Twin Cities Wellness Radio, Wellness 1570 and listen to Dr. Trobiani's insights into providing prescriptions to what ails the healthcare industry saturdays at 2 on wellness 1570 the views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management are you sick and tired of being sick and tired if you want to be inspired get help in becoming all you can be the time is now for like it matters radio with your host mr scott v
5: black Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio life caddy, and you can call me Mr. Black. And today, man, are you lucky... Uh, By listening to this radio show, I'm so excited. We got something that we normally don't do. I normally uh, talk about leadership psychology, uh, how we change this world, uh, how we work, how we change our mind, but we're going to go to another level today, and we are so blessed uh, that we have with us an author of an incredible book called AI Supremacy, Winning in the Era Of machine intelligence and I'm so blessed that uh, um, you know my study in transactional analysis I met this great man uh, mr. Wagner Um, uh, just an incredible man he's been on our show before Uh, intelligent driven funny uh, got a great heart and uh, he told me about a son uh, and his uh, son's gonna be joining us he had a brand new book that's just released and I'm just gonna open this up and welcome uh, mr. Daniel Wagner to like it matters radio how you doing Daniel
7: I'm doing great. It's great to be with you, Scott. Thanks for having me. Oh,
5: I got to tell you, I am so excited, and I am not going to open the the phone lines to listeners if they want to call in, because there is a lot to talk about. Uh, I've read through a a lot of your book. Uh, I've done research based on what you did, and I got to tell you, I am excited. And uh, the book just came out, what, Monday, correct? That's correct, yep. Uh, And it's, boy, I've got some, I went on Amazon to read some of the reviews uh, just stunning. Uh, and you, you wrote this book with a man by the name, Keith First, correct?
7: That's right. In fact, uh, this book was really his idea. I had the, published a book last year called Virtual Terror, which is about cyberterrorism. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was going to be taking a break from book writing for a while. But he called me in January, and we had published several articles together uh, over the previous 12 months on a variety of issues. And he said, hey, I'm really interested in AI Um, Would you consider writing this book with me? And I said, you know what, I actually would, because this is such an important topic. Uh, So few people know much about it. And I myself wanted to become more informed about what AI is all about. So that's the reason we wrote the book.
5: Oh, I'm telling you, and I'm looking at all the editorial reviews. Impressive. Uh, but one I want to share real quick was Major General Retired Robert H. Latif, PhD, author of Future War. And he says this the authors do a superb job of providing a comprehensive view of its use in commercial, civil, military, and intelligence operations. AI supremacy is a thorough and exhaustive review of an important, soon-to-be-ubiquitous technology containing much of what is known about the subject. It is a fascinating read and highly recommended for anyone interested in the subject. So I got to tell you, I've been doing some research. I was up till 3 in the morning, and I got to tell you, stirred up some good, some not so good, (laughs) but Daniel uh, (laughs) really stirred up. Let me ask you real quick. I noticed you're CEO of Country Risk Solutions. What What is Country Risk Solutions?
7: So this is a consulting firm that I run, that I founded in 2009. What we do is we help people understand and manage cross-border risk. We do that three primary ways. One is through pre-investment due diligence, secondarily through the production of country risk analyses, and thirdly, through the acquisition of specialist forms of insurance that uh, help people manage the risk once they've decided to trade or invest abroad.
5: Well, you know what's so funny, because my background's in financial services, as I'm reading your title, I'm thinking, not knowing much about you as I'm looking into you, Uh, Say wow, and here's this book, AI Supremacy, and I just think it's so cool, Country Risk Solutions, because to me, uh, talk about a a similar, they both tie in together to a degree, but uh, you you told me what caused you to write the book that you were approached by your co-author, but let me ask you, why do you think AI is important to the average person today?
7: So this is one of the things that became very clear very early on in writing the book, And that is just as is the case with cyber risk, cyber terrorism, cybersecurity, et cetera. This is not something that most people have in the forefront of their mind. And yet, AI is also one of those things. We're not accustomed to thinking about it every day, but it's bubbling beneath the surface, just like cyber risk is. And so I think it's really important for people to become more broadly aware of what the applications for AI are in our daily lives. And this silent race that's going on behind the scenes. And if you look on the book cover, you'll see that we have a bunch of robots running a race. The heads of the robots are five different countries, um, the U.S., China, Japan, Russia, and Germany. And the reason that those are the countries selected uh, to be the heads of the robots is that they're the leading countries in this race in, in different areas. And then the bodies of the robots represent different industries. So there are both countries and industries that are very active in this race. And this race is is not a race that's going to have a single winner over the course of time. Depending on how much money is spent, how many resources are devoted to to winning this race, to getting in this race, uh, people will find that there may be a Chinese company that reigns supreme for a while, then an American company, then a Japanese company, or... There may be some governments that spend a tremendous amount of money on this race and others that spend virtually none. That's one of the things that I learned that really surprised me about all this.
5: Is which I mean, which countries were spending and which ones weren't where they were at in the jockeying for position? Is that what you mean?
7: Yeah. So here's where we are on that. The US right now is in the lead and part of the reason that it's in the lead is that it had devoted a lot of resources companies and the government early on especially in the military from the government side as you would expect Mm -hmm. but what's happened is that China which many of your listeners will know who've ever been there it's no longer you know some backwater country some unsophisticated player on the global stage it's very, very sophisticated. It's already the second largest economy. It already wields tremendous influence around the world in international institutions and, and its diplomacy, et cetera. Well, what China decided to do a few years ago is spend up to $150 billion between now and the year 2030 to acquire companies, acquire talent, ramp up their military in AI capability, etc. That's happening at a time when many of the world's most developed countries have not even decided that they want an AI strategy. They don't even have an AI strategy. And if they do, they might be throwing a few million dollars at it, as is the case for Australia, for example, which just decided to do that this year. Meanwhile, China's barreling ahead like a steamroller. they made the decision, they're already doing it. And so they have this ambition to be supreme in AI by 2030, but my expectation is that they will be supreme in this race well before 2030.
5: Wow. And even with what America's doing, because we are investing heavily as well, correct?
7: Well, we are and we're not. So it's sort of a a tale of two cities, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, the military is investing heavily, but not as heavily as you would think. Hmm. For instance, uh, DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, part of the Pentagon, they just announced last week that they're spending $2 billion to ramp up their effort. That's not a lot of money when you think about what China and some other countries are doing. They're doing it, and it's good, but we're getting a little bit of a late start, which is unfortunate. Now, we've been spending money on a government level for quite some time, and there are lots of companies in this country which are spending a lot of money and doing some fantastic things. But at the same time, they have to continue spending all that money on an ongoing basis in order to stay ahead of the curve. And that's really what the race is all about.
5: Wow. And you talked about DARPA, I, when I was doing a little research, I checked it was originally ARPA, which, and that's actually, it wasn't Al Gore that invented the internet, it was it was ARPA. And, <laughs> and, it, and it was actually the, and again, I've been studying this knowing, getting excited about this interview. And it became DARPA, uh, but it was, that's where the internet came from, but it was originally begun because of this artificial intelligence that the early beginnings of what we kind of what now has become artificial intelligence just fascinating and we're getting ready to go to a break but man we got so many questions for you and if you just tuned in uh, you are blessed because today we have Daniel Wagner who is co-author of AI Supremacy winning in the era of machine learning and man you want to stay tuned because this book is fascinating uh, AI is not coming, it is here, and we got an expert who's done tons of research that's going to share what he found out. We'll be back in three minutes on Like It Matters Radio.
4: Like It Matters Leadership Awakening changes lives. Listen to this fireman's comments as he compares other training to Leadership Awakening.
2: It's like no other, you know, people say that you're crazy for running into a burning building, but
7: The one thing they have in common is adrenaline. You know, from, from Go when Mr. V opened those doors and said, You may enter it was it was nonstop adrenaline, but it's unlike anything I've ever done. It's pushed me in ways that I never thought I could be pushed.
4: Like it matters. We don't take
1: applicants, only commitment. According to a recent Varna study, schools are seen as a negative influence on faith formation. Church leaders view parents, churches, and Christian communities as positive influences on a child's spiritual life. However, children are spending most of their daytime, weekday hours at school which is perceived by many church leaders as a negative influence. A good Christian school can provide a strong Christian community to help positively influence your child's spiritual formation. At TwinCitiesTuitions.com, we believe in the power of Christian education so much, we have partnered with local Christian schools to offer half-off your child's first year of tuition. It's our half-off tuition program. To find out if the school you are considering is part of this program, And to take another great step in your child's faith formation, call me, Alyssa Brecken, at 651-289-4406. That's 651-289-4406. Or visit our website at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Here's what business owner Ken Johnson had to say
4: about the impact Like It Matters Leadership Awakening had on his employees.
0: Since then, they have been on fire. They have been committed as a team every single person has been thrilled with the results and myself included
4: change the course of your life go to likeitmatters.net and click on schedule to register for the next leadership awakening class in minneapolis october 3rd through the 5th that's likeitmatters.net leadership awakening we don't take applicants only commitment
5: welcome back to like it matters radio radio like it matters inspiration education and application i am mr black and today we are 100% focused on education and we are blessed to have with us uh, mr daniel wagner who is co-author of ai supremacy uh and uh, the tagline I love the uh the tagline winning in the era of machine learning and boy if you're not aware of what's going on there's no way you can win and so daniel's here to share his wisdom uh as he uh, uncovered it as he wrote this book. So again, Daniel, thank you so much for joining us today.
7: Pleasure to be with you,
5: Scott. Hey, Daniel, you had talked before the break uh, about, you know, really specifically, China uh, and America. Uh, and then you talked uh, on the reverse side about how Australia is kind of getting late to the game with the, just a couple of pittances. But, you know, what is the, uh, what countries, in addition to to China, uh, to America, w- what are leading in this race for AI supremacy? Which ones?
7: So one of the ones that doesn't get a lot of headlines is South Korea, which as your listeners will know, is one of the big leaders globally in electronics. They're spending billions of dollars also as China is, but they're they're really not in the headlines as much. Same with Japan. So many of the leaders in this race actually are the industrial powerhouses of Asia. There is also, in addition to the u s you know a major European component. So France and Germany, for example, are spending billions of dollars in this arena. But the EU also is ramping up its own approach to AI, and they're trying to do it on a collective basis so that they can be more competitive and get in the race and run the race like everybody else is trying to do.
5: That's incredible. You know what's two companies I I was kind of remiss didn't really get a lot of attention on, and I didn't read all through the book, in all fairness. It just came out Monday. I scanned through it. But two countries that I uh, don't hear you talk about, I'm just curious about, Pakistan and India. Where, where are they at in this right. whole thing?
7: Well, so uh, India, interestingly enough, uh, they they have only also just started wow. to craft a policy. And they're only just starting to meaningfully organize themselves and throw some money at this. They still, however, do not have a formal policy for AI in the military, wow. which is a little surprising. You would think that that would be the first place that they would be applying it. They're going to get to it. And as for Pakistan, whatever they're doing, they're not publicizing. Uh, you can presume yeah. as one of the world's few nuclear powers yep. that the military is at work on this. But in terms of the remainder of the economy, I'm not aware of any efforts that are being made in Pakistan. That's not to say that there isn't, yeah. but they may not be publicizing it, and it may not be uh, you know, readily identifiable. It's the same with some other countries as well. Uh, there are some minor players, uh, for instance, South Africa and some other countries that, you know, They they appear on the the global economic radar. They're getting in the race as well. Um, I think ultimately the countries that most of your listeners hear about regularly in the news, they're likely to have some initiative. If they haven't, they're going to do it soon. But most of them have only just gotten started.
5: Well, and, and you keep talking about the military thing. And I really want to focus on that the last segment because, boy, there's some stunning things in the military that's already here. It's already going on and it's just going to be mass produced as this grows and grows and grows. But we talked about the countries and we can assume, but let's let you go ahead and talk about it. What are the leading companies uh, in re- relation to the AI technology and growth?
7: So there are half a dozen or so that come to mind as the absolute leaders, and they tend to be either U.S. or Chinese companies. So in the U.S., your listeners could probably complete this list, but it's sort of the Amazon, Googles, and Facebooks of the world, and they're spending loads of money. You know, uh, every one of your listeners that has uh, an Echo uh, or an Alexa in their kitchen Mm -hmm. or in their home, that's AI. I mean, you've already got AI in your home, and you may not even realize it that smart refrigerators and appliances and uh, you know, smart alarms in your home, all that stuff is AI-driven as well. But some of those automatic robotic vacuum cleaners, that has AI attached to it. So we're involved. We don't think about it that way, but we are. I did want to add that although AI really got started in the 1950s as a concept and as an application, It used to be the realm of science fiction, and by some of the examples that I've just given, I think you can tell that it's no longer the realm of science fiction in so many areas. And we're going at such a rapid pace in this country and elsewhere that we will be in an AI-enabled world at some point, probably as soon as the next decade or the decade after. Depends on how quickly we go. But so many things are being taken over by AI right now. We don't even think about it. We don't even realize it.
5: Yeah, and and the weird thing about the the AI, as I'm doing the research and reading your book, you know, they name it. So IBM has Watson, right? Uh, Google, I think, is Sophie or Sophia, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. Does Apple have a name for theirs or...?
7: Uh, yeah, you could call it Siri.
5: <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so, I'm sorry about that. I got an Apple phone. You're right. Siri is yeah, no, talking I mean, to me all the time.
7: <laughs> I mean, honestly, that that's AI-driven as well. But IBM stands out in this regard. Uh, they, since really 2015 or so, have really ramped up what they're doing with Watson. And Watson is a leader in so many areas yeah. of business now, helping businesses become more streamlined and efficient. One of the areas where that stands out is actually in the law, interestingly enough. There's the ability now for computers to go through a billion pages of law in order to identify what's relevant to a given case. This is saving tremendous amounts of time uh, on research, and it gives lawyers more ability to spend more time doing what it is that they do best in court, or thinking about cutting-edge legal concepts, they don't have to focus so much on doing this laborious research, which is really transforming the industry.
5: Absolutely. Which, I wasn't going to bring this up to the next segment, but I wonder, can you explain to people what the word singularity means?
7: Well, it means different things to different people, yep. but Singularity is sort of the idea of roping everything into a single concept, sort of like a single sign on, if you will, mm-hmm. um, where it, it, you can think of it almost as a black hole where everything gets sucked in. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you can take your concept or your application and then it becomes all in one, all encompassing.
5: Wow. And as I, I had read uh, that uh, by 2045 was the original date that uh, AI will be a billion times smarter uh, than uh, humans, But then now that date, I've heard, because of this thing called, I guess, singularity, is that now that date is 2029. I mean, w- what's your feeling about that? Is is it speeding up that fast?
7: Well, it, it's a moving target, as you might appreciate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my own view, based on what I know, mm-hmm. is that a lot of what people thought would be several decades off is going to be achieved in the 2020s. Wow. Um, of course, nobody can know for sure, yeah. but that's why I'm so confident that, for instance, China's going to take the lead uh, in the next decade and not, not the decade after that. Many of the experts are expecting, as you were suggesting, that it might be two to three decades off before singularity takes control, before we have this truly AI-enabled world that we're living in. But. I, I think the truth is nobody really knows. Yeah. And there's every reason to believe that it could happen sooner rather than later.
5: Yeah. I mean, was it wasn't just 2011 that Watson beat the, the top Jeopardy players, just demolished them. And that was 2011. And how far has Watson come since 2011?
3: Late years. Yeah. Yeah.
5: <laughs> and let me ask you on the, on that thing about you talk all these different countries when we talk about singularity. So is everybody's A.I. part of the same thing or is it somehow separate?
7: Well, I think there's a gradient, there's texture on what the singularity means mm-hmm. in a given context. Okay. Uh, I would say, you know, for, for a, a country that is more military driven, uh, mm-hmm. you have to assume that the singularity in, within a government is mm-hmm. going to be driven by what happens within the military. Mm-hmm. Similarly, if it's going to be a technology company and they've decided to be an AI first company, for instance, mm-hmm. as Google has done. Then you know most of what they're doing is going to be AI driven, and they're they're, they're seeing far into the future, Scott. Wow. They're they're getting it. They're they're not waiting to see what happens. They're making it happen, and that that's part of what this race is all about.
5: That's so cool. And we got about two and a half minutes before break, but I'm kind of curious. You know, as you were taking this journey, writing this book, and digging into it, um, what were your biggest surprises uh, as you did all this research and put it all together?
7: You know, I. I became really surprised at the vast sums of money that are being spent in some areas and not enough in others, Um, and the resources that are being devoted to this quest for AI supremacy among the largest companies. I mean, they are on a mission, Mm -hmm. and we may not hear them advertise it. We may not talk about it much, but they're, in a way, preparing for us what our own future is going to be. I mean... AI AI, uh, has taken such a hold in Google, for example, that they uh, two years ago uh, circulated internally a a video which was talking about what an AI-driven future might be, where Google would anticipate our needs, would suggest things for us before necessarily we might have even thought about it. That's already going on. They're already planning routes for us before we ask them to. Facebook is already creating digital photo books for us without us even asking them to do it. And so it's enabling us to uh, envision our future and to grab our future and embrace it. And that's one of the things that we should maybe talk about in the next segment is whether we should be embracing this or fearing this.
5: Yeah, no, I think that's a great point because, boy, start looking into it. There's things on both sides of it And, and the effects it has on our home life, the effects it has on medical. And a lot of those are really, really positive. You talked about the legal aspect. Uh, but also on the medical aspect, to be able to basically almost run a systems check. It's kind of like with, back in Star Trek, the original series of Star Trek with bones. You know, he'd scan that little thing, he'd yeah. scan over the body, and like, oh, you are got this going on, you got that going on. That's not far-fetched anymore, is it?
7: No, it really isn't. And again, in the 60s when Star Trek came about, and, and uh, I, I'm remembering some of the episodes, uh, it just seemed like pure science fiction that's <laughs> hundreds of years away. Uh, we're not quite there yet, but one of the things that's really interesting in the medical arena is that by taking care of some of these things that doctors traditionally have to think about in advance, you know, analyzing, you know, an X-ray, for example, uh, it's freeing up doctors to do what they do best. It's enabling doctors to get inside individual cells and see inside these cells and see exactly what's happening. Wow. And then envisioning what a solution might be for some of these diseases. So it really should ramp up very quickly awesome. what's going to, uh, what, what what seemed to be just the impossible in science fiction and, and the medical We're going
2: to hard break here, Daniel. <laughs> yeah. We'll be back in three minutes.
4: In Minnesota, you can take 10,000 different routes to adventure. One path leads you to bluff country biking and world-class hiking trails. Head in a different direction and explore modern art and a historic brewery. Navigate by boat to a lakeside restaurant or cruise downriver with friends on a paddleboard. No matter which route you take, from star-studded concerts to camping under the stars, you're destined to find your true north. Only in Minnesota. Visit ExploreMinnesota.com this. Waking up and having your coffee, maybe taking some time to look over your investments, then having time to do anything you want. No traffic, no boss, and no work hassles. Why continue doing the same thing day after day when you can learn to live the life you want? Join us this week for a free investing class by dialing pound 250 on your cell phone. Use the keyword OTA. Again, that's pound 250, keyword OTA, or go to learnwithota.com. it's just absolutely fascinating. So, of course, they are looking at me like, what happened to you? And on a personal point of view, so many things have happened since I got home.
2: It's almost a miracle. It's not almost. It is a miracle. 48 hours. Give Mr. Black and Leadership Awakening just 48 hours, and it will change the course of your life. Go to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule for Leadership Awakening near you. That's likeitmatters.net. Leadership Awakening, where 48 hours will change your life.
5: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters, inspiration, education, and application. And if you're just tuning in, uh, we have with us the uh, co-author, Daniel Wagner, for the book AI Supremacy, and the subtitle is Winning in the Era of Machine Learning. And fascinating book. I've uh, just got a couple chapters I've read. If you're interested, uh, you can go to ai-supremacy.com. Uh, and also, Amazon has the book. But uh, on the ai supremacy dot com, they can. There's a lot of other information on the book. Correct?
7: Yeah, that's right. All of the reviews are there. Uh, the articles that we published on various subsets of the book. And information about us as
5: well. Awesome. So I would highly recommend that. The book's incredible. And, uh, you know, I would go to Amazon. It just came out Monday. I I got one ordered myself now. But, you know, I'm looking at the table of contents, Daniel. And uh, it's just incredible. I mean, you go, this is an in-depth book. AI globalization, jobs manufacturing, financial services. You go to science, health, medicine, global, social, I mean, it's incredible. You you haven't left anything out, but I want to really focus on the last chapter uh, 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 in this segment, which is an AI future to be feared or embraced. And I'm sure there's both on each side. So why don't you tell us, what what is your take on that?
7: Sure. Uh, just briefly before I do that. Yeah, uh, you know, we wanted this book to be purposely broad, and we also wanted it to be easily digestible. It's not a highly technical book. Yeah. It's not for, you know, technology geeks. Mm-hmm. It's for people who just have a general interest and want to know more. So we hope we've hit the mark on that, and it appears that we have. Yeah. So on your question about the last chapter, should we fear it or should we embrace it? I think the answer is both. I mean, in a way, you should look at AI as a sort of an enhancement of our own destiny, that we have uh, uh, you know, created this machine learning, this AI, so that we can help ourselves be better and achieve more and do good things. And we will, and we are. Uh, but there is also a nefarious side, uh, a side that maybe is a little bit darker. And that is that it's going to change the way wars are fought, the way spies spy, the way countries uh, snoop on their population, and, you know, that darker side, we, we can't pretend that it doesn't exist or that it's not going to get worse. I think some of the worst tendencies of humans and governments will be exacerbated by the capability that AI and superintelligence is going to unleash. So my recommendation would be, let's embrace it with a grain of salt and recognize that it's going to allow us to do some incredible things. but. We have to be careful. One of the things that we talk about in the government chapter is how important it is that we put some rules, regulations, and governance around what AI is and what it will be. Just as is the case in the cyber arena, we don't have a lot of international norms and governance and rules of law which are going to prevent you know, people from doing bad things. If we don't Sort that out now. I fear it's going to be a bit of a runaway train, and we're not going to be able to corral it after that. That's my biggest
5: fear. Yeah, no, and the thing you know, as you're saying that, my, uh, you know, I read the book years ago, "Man's Search for Meaning" by Dr. Victor Frankel, and boy, I, I can still remember the very last sentence in that book. Since uh, since Hiroshima, we know what's at stake, and since Auschwitz, we know what man is capable of. I just will never forget that line they closed out that book with. And as you're talking, boy, if we if the worst of men, and we all have a dark side, as you know, uh, boy, is allowed full supremacy uh, over everything. Everything. That that is that thing to be to be wary about to be aware of. I think that's a fair statement.
7: Yeah, and you know it's going to be variations on a theme as well. So, for example, um, I've talked a lot about China in the last few minutes. You take a, a country like China, which basically you know the government has a very firm grip on the population. They already have the most CCTV cameras. They already have the most intrusive internet capability, etc. What they're creating with the help of AI is this. You know, futuristic society where people are penalized for doing the wrong thing or they're rewarded for doing the right thing, Mm. access to the right schools, et cetera. And, you know, that's something that can easily be replicated with governments around the world. And China is already sharing some of its technology in that regard. So we've got to be careful.
5: Controlling the masses, and it's a new technology. Yeah, you're right. It could, in the wrong hands, good stuff in the wrong hands. Uh, History is replete with that. Good stuff in the wrong hands is deadly. So I agree. By the
7: same token, yeah, the, I just want to ask, Scott, that we take, take law enforcement, for example. I mean, AI is allowing law enforcement to do some incredible things, to pick out through facial recognition, you know, somebody who's wanted in a 50,000-person stadium. They can instantly identify that person. We've got facial recognition now being introduced in some airports in the U.S. They just introduced it in Reagan National Airport, where it's going to really speed up how quickly we can get through the security lines, et cetera. So, you know, it's really just a world of opportunity and I'd like to also believe that that's going to rapidly advance, and it's not just going to be the dark side that's going to rapidly advance with it.
5: Yeah, Oh, absolutely. And you talked about the the medical, we're going to talk about military in the next segment because there's so much uh, there. But um, home life, you know, uh, home life, the effect on the home life. You talked about Alexa, you talked about Siri uh, affecting our home lives. Um, So there's a lot of positive there, correct?
7: There are. And, you know, for people who are uh, interested in utilizing it, it's really very convenient and it makes life a lot easier for them. I have to admit, I myself, I don't have any smart appliances in my home. (laughs) I don't have Alexa. I don't use Siri because knowing what I know with this book and what I what I wrote last year with Virtual Terror. I mean, I want to reduce the possibility that I'm going to be exposing myself to the darker side of these elements. Most people don't think about that. But realize this, when you've got Alexa sitting in your kitchen, Alexa can hear everything you say, whether you necessarily say, you know, turn on Alexa or not. And if you stop and think about it, if you're concerned about your privacy, if you're concerned about security, you might want to think twice about having Alexa sitting in your kitchen.
5: You know, I've heard that warning <laughs> so many times recently, and I think it's sound advice, Daniel, because, you're right, it's always hearing it, and I'm sure it's, nothing's going on nefarious, but what if, you know, remember, elections have consequences. What if someone in power, you know, wielded that power in a way that, right now we have a very div- divided country, and so one half hates the other half, the other. oh my gosh, I could see how this could be used as a weapon.
7: You know, uh, most people aren't, aren't going to be too concerned about it and aren't necessarily going to care. And that's just fine. And the truth is that most people don't really have anything to worry about because, you know, the government or law enforcement, they're not so interested in your cooking re- recipe with Aunt Betty <laughs> or what you might say to your brother in a recent phone call. They, that's not so interesting to them. And if you're not a person who's doing something illegal, you got nothing to worry about. Yep. Um, but by the same token... Uh, you know, do do you want to willingly give information that could possibly be used against you if it happened to be hijacked by somebody, if it happened to be hacked, etc.? just makes life more complicated.
5: Absolutely. And then the personal side, you know, I, I got this thing, you know, uh, with, by Anthony uh, Lewandowski, right? Inside the First Church of Artificial Intelligence, you know, in the the Daily mm-hmm. m- Mail put out the article, Why Humans Will Happily Follow a Robot Messiah. Religions based on AI will succeed because we tend to worship supreme understanding. That's a powerful statement.
7: It is indeed. Religion is another area which has potential applications here. Making people smarter, making it easier to communicate with people, making your message more effective. I mean, that's certainly a a side of AI that very few people have really looked into.
5: I got to tell you, one of the the best Bible studies I've ever found is Google. Uh, I'm sure they didn't intend it to be that way, but I love, you know, I'm, I study the Bible and I love the word of God. And so I study and I Google, I just go to Google where in the Bible, I always do that where in the Bible. And then whatever I put there, it brings up every single verse. I mean, just stunning. I've never found a better Bible stool, a Bible tool vehicle than Google is because they have this mass amount of knowledge, all translations, all it's stunning at our fingertips. Uh, what's available.
7: Well, that's really a perfect example, Scott, of, you know, the practical applications of AI. Every time we do a search on Google or Yahoo or any of the other search engines, it's AI powered. We don't think about it, but the reason that in a fraction of a second we can have all this information at our fingertips is that AI is working very well.
5: Oh, wow. And in the personal side, let me ask you, you know, we got about uh, two and a half minutes uh, till we break the segment, but... My concern is our personal relationships. We're already separating more. We're, even though we're most connected, we're so disconnected. People sitting at the same table, text each other. Uh, and then I read sex robot brothels gaining popularity in Europe. So there are brothels now all over the, all over the world that are just yeah. AI. And so how do you see it in the, in the negative? I know there's all this great stuff. I don't want to make this negative, but I could see it detrimental. And at some point, do we even need another human being?
7: So this is really interesting, and we do talk about specifically uh, sex brothels r- run by robots in the book. Um, it's interesting how much it's catching on, and one of the reasons it's catching on is, of course, people are very interested and curious for the new thing and what whatnot, but there's a lot of lonely people out there. Yep. And interestingly enough, this, quote, sexuality, which is what it's called, mm-hmm. it satisfies a need for a lot of people. Take, for example, in Japan. I yeah. mean, the, the, the popularity of sex robots in Japan is incredible for a very simple reason. There's a lot of lonely people out there. Yep. Um, so I, I, I'm hesitant to characterize it as all good or all bad. Yeah, I, I think I, I it get depends it. on the context. But uh, what, is, what is definitely true is that digital sexuality is not going anywhere. It is on fire. Yeah, Raffles are opening up all over Europe. It's just a question of time until it happens here.
5: Yeah, no, and I think there's some great aspects because there are a lot of lonely people. And when it gets to the point where you can go to a machine that will tell you what you want to hear, that is nice to you, kind to you, that you can carry on a great conversation and dot 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 i mean if you take that you start walking down that path at some point i'd say why do i really need another human being i mean i'm not saying that that's the extreme side of it but man you're right there's a lot of lonely people out there you never need to be alone ever again because you got siri you got alexa you got someone that'll talk to you we play with alexa all the time on her and ask her weird questions i always wonder are we gonna get in trouble for asking that question uh, so we're getting ready to go to a hard break. And uh, our last segment, I really want to focus in on the military aspect, uh, the, the pros and the cons, the goods and the bads. Uh, we are talking with Daniel Wagner, his new book, A.I. Supremacy. We'll be right back in three minutes.
8: Give a person a fish. Give a person a fish and you feed them for a meal. to do the work that needs to be done to change our world if you are willing please email us at mr black at like in the subject line put posse again that's mr black at like it com in the subject line put posse join our posse today and leave a legacy for others to follow email us at mr black at like radio.com. in the subject line put posse
1: All month long we're giving away 1k a day here on Wellness 1570. Each weekday there'll be four keywords on air plus a bonus keyword on our Facebook page. When you hear the keyword simply head over to twincitieswellnessradio.com and click on $1000 a day to enter the keyword. You get an additional chance to win for every keyword you enter, so listen close each weekday at 8am, noon, 3pm and 5pm to collect the keywords and win some cool cash from Wellness 1570.
6: Hi, this is Theo Sandberg of Coldwell Banker Burnett. Selling your home doesn't have to be hard. In fact, I'm here to make it easy. The key to selling your home for top dollar is getting the right message in front of the right people. In fact, I'm so confident in my team's approach that if I sell your home for less than the price we agreed to, I'll pay the difference up to $5,000. I stand by that. If I sell your home for less, I'll pay the difference up to five grand. not you. Call today to learn more at 612-440-5000.
5: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio Radio. Like It Matters Inspiration, Education and Application. Today we are focusing on the education part. And if you miss any of this radio show, uh, you're going to want to listen to the whole thing because we have an incredible uh, expert on this subject. He uh, j- wrote an incredible book called AI Supremacy. Uh, and the tagline is my favorite part, Winning in the Era of Machine Learning. And so, uh highly recommend you can go to iHeartRadio uh just query Wellness Radio 1570 and then uh every uh 9 to 10 a.m. central standard time and then replace 5 to 6 p.m. central standard time so you can listen to the show over again at 5 to 6 p.m. central standard time just go to iHeartRadio uh and uh Daniel uh two things before I get to the military part can you explain to people what is RFID RFID
6: Actually,
7: I'm, I don't think I can answer that question. That's sort of a more technical question okay. that I think Keith would probably be better okay. off answering, so I'll have to pass on that one. Well, it, <laughs> uh, no, no
5: problem in all that. It's just when I was uh, looking at the stuff in your book, and that, that term kept coming up, RFID, and it's, they just track. It's a way to track everything. Uh, stores use it now. You can put it on a little microchip, put it on anything, and you know where it's at in real time uh, all the time, and they use it to track stuff. It's, it's huge technology growing. It's powerful and it's really big to where you can actually put stuff your coat with all kinds of grocery items with RFID and you can walk through a scanner. You don't have to stop in line, you don't have to do anything, and it automatically uh, registers everything you have and automatically pays for it. It's just stunning. It's RFID and. I'm
7: sorry. Yeah, I'm just going to say the best example of that that I can think of, Scott, mm-hmm. is uh, the new uh, Amazon Go store that's been opened in Seattle and is opening elsewhere in the country mm-hmm. where you don't need a wallet. Uh, you walk in. Facial recognition knows who you are. They log into your Amazon account. You pick something off off the shelf. It's automatically charged. Same idea.
5: Wow! Just stunning, stunning, stunning. Really neat field, and I want to really focus in on the military aspect because uh, just I see that uh, as, as big, and I don't want to get too technical. As I like I said, I was up till three in the morning just studying stuff because I was excited about this interview. Uh, and so, uh, do you do you know much about the military application? I mean, how much in depth do you go into your book in the military application?
7: So one chapter we split with between how companies and countries and individuals spy on one another, and the other half is on the military. So uh, we spent a fair amount of time
5: on it. Okay. Are you, uh, 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 do you cover it all? Uh, again, I haven't had a chance to read the whole book. It just was released, but Droned Out. I was looking at this thing called Droned Out where you can take an existing piece of equipment and put um, uh, put this AI on it, and it takes over the machinery. It will run the machinery. It doesn't need human beings.
7: Yeah, well, there's so many applications that are going on right now. What's happening is that the very nature of how battles and wars will be fought is evol- evolving right now. What the battlefield of the future will be is robots, drones, et cetera, fighting one another. Wow. And you could envision decades from now that you could almost have battles without human casualties wow. and I think that's the direction that the military applications are actually going. I mean uh, there are already things that are happening. Russia's just released um, word of an incredible underwater torpedo that's AI driven uh, that you know can sort of think for itself and you know follow its target and do what it needs to do. Uh, that's just one example. There are so many things that are going on in the military arena now that uh, when it becomes in the popular, in the public domain, we're going to be blown away by what's happening.
5: Yeah, and I saw an article about actually uh, robots. I mean, actually, I think it's Russia or something that's already releasing these robots that are all, that are all AI, robots that are, are warriors, that are, are battle, I mean soldiers. And it's just stunning that we're, this isn't in the future, this is now.
7: That's right. And if you think about a typical, say, Star Wars film where, you know, you have all these uh, very high tech entities fighting one another, there may be some people behind some of them. There may be automatic capabilities of robots behind others, but the military planners of the future are going to be sitting there, you know, behind a console or a keyboard or something and typing stuff in. And it's not about human commands anymore to human beings it's going to be human commands to machines.
5: It's just stunning. And, uh, and then I heard this thing called swarm technology. Swarm technology, where I've seen it in uh, superhero movies already, where all these things are, are basically f- talking to each other and they can swarm like bees. And then once they find the target using, like you said, the facial recognition, then they can apply whatever uh, weapons they need to apply all together. Stunning.
7: Yeah, that's exactly right. It's already in play. Uh, There are miniature drones that are being used to further develop swarm technology. And, you know, the militaries of the world don't want to advertise all this stuff. But believe me, for the largest, most sophisticated militaries, all this stuff is going on.
5: Amen. Let me ask you, uh, as we start wrapping this up, what is in your study, and you you have a a foot into this before you ever wrote this book with where you're going with cybersecurity. What is your, um, as we talk today, what's your greatest hope? Uh, for AI,
7: my greatest hope is that we will do what is necessary to put in place the safeguards that I referenced earlier mm-hmm. uh, that we're not going to simply be barreling forward sort of shooting shooting first and asking questions later. We can't afford to do that. The stakes are extremely high. Um, I'm concerned I, I'm I'm hopeful that we will do the right thing in that regard, but I'm also similarly concerned that not enough money is going to be spent to ensure that we're going to do things the right way, or that we become complacent and that we just let things unfold without worrying about the consequences, or that the power of governments and the largest tech companies become unbridled and just freely roam and there's no limitations to what they can do and how they can do it. You could easily see that happening with the kind of future that's evolving now. So my hope is that that won't happen.
5: Amen. And what, what, what do you want readers to take from reading your book? As I read your book or someone else out there, what, what would you want them to, when they shut that book and finish reading it, what do you want them to have gained outside of an understanding of AI?
7: I want them to be able to place AI on the front burner of their consciousness and their agendas, sort of like with, with cyber. So many people need to do it now. It's not somebody else's problem half a world away. It's right on all of our doorstep. Very much true with AI as well. So after reading this book, and I think you'll find, your readers will find that it's entertaining as well as informative, but it's important. It's covering a lot of topics that most people simply aren't accustomed to thinking about. And after they've read the book, I think they're gonna feel like they know what they need to know about this subject at this point in time. And they're gonna know more, by the way, than ninety nine point nine percent of the people that they know.
5: Yeah, that's surprising. I'm surprising how unknown this is. And you know, as I said, I'm a reader of the Bible and boy as I did this research all that and I was I'm gonna go back and reread the book of Revelation, all of a sudden a lot of that (laughs) that to me, that like wow, that makes a lot of sense now. That's not so far off anymore what it you know, fifty years ago reading some of those things so that's crazy, but now it's like, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> From crazy to interesting, well, it's the realm of the possible. Yeah, Scott. you know, it's the realm of the possible now. You know, yes,
7: it, and anything potentially is possible with the applications of AI. And eventually, we'll get to the stage where something called superintelligence takes over, where the robots become smarter than we are. Uh, That may not be so far off either, but that's going to open up a whole new can of worms about potential applications. We need to be thinking about that as
5: well. Yeah, control. Who's controlling who now? You know, and again, I've seen, you know, whether it be uh, Iron Man, you know, they had that thing where they had that computer, Jarvis, I think it was that became, I mean, it's just stunning. It's just movies. But anyways, we're getting ready to wrap this up. Hey, Daniel, why don't you tell them how they can find your book? Uh, What other resources are available? Go ahead.
7: I appreciate that. So as you mentioned earlier, there is a website devoted to this. It's ai-supremacy.com, all the information you would need. And it's available right now on Amazon, both in the print and on ebook. And the audio version will be coming later in the year.
5: Awesome. Well, I want to thank you, Daniel. I know it's not your normal format to come on. And uh, I just I, I thank you so much for blessing our listeners and me with your information. And uh, I look forward to reading the entire book. I got one ordered. Uh, and uh, you have a great day. Okay, Daniel?
7: Thanks for
5: having me on, Scott. All right. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, this is stunning. This is stunning. I wanted to release Daniel to get going. But I want you to know, as a, as a Christian, uh, I would highly recommend the website, getalifemedia.com. Getalifemedia.com. Uh, we're a pastor from Las Vegas. Uh, really, has done a lot of research. He has all these videos uh, that Daniel was talking about with Google. Uh, it's not far away. It uh, is It is here. Uh, So I'd highly recommend it. Like Daniel said, you know, I'm surprised, amazed uh, at how many people aren't interested, don't know. It's almost like denial. You know, my little three-year-old, Benaya, he'll, when he's mad at me or wants to hide, he'll put his hands over his eyes. He thinks I can't see him. He covers his eyes, and he thinks I can't see him. But I got to say, Benaya, I can still see you. And, boy, we start talking to fellow believers about this stuff and tying the book of Revelation, and they aren't interested. Oh, oh, I'm telling you, it is right here, right now. I would highly recommend Daniel's book. He's a great author. Uh, Really, really enjoyed talking to him. He blessed us with his his time. So please get the book. Uh, It's a phenomenal read, and it will absolutely bless you. And go to getalifemedia.com to see, really, what's going on. I am Mr. Black. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network, helping you to remember to live your life like it matters, because it does.
8: When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I liked things to always be the same. Anything new or different would scare and upset me. I was very sensitive to lights and sounds. It was almost like I had bigger eyes and ears than everyone else. So I built secret hiding places where nothing could get in. I didn't like looking people in the eye. It made me feel uncomfortable. I'd throw big tantrums over little things like when my socks didn't match. Sometimes I'd do the same things over and over. Until one day, I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. You can see signs of autism in children as young as 18 months.
2: Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs
1: at AutismSpeaks.org signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Your resource for health and wellness is Wellness Radio 1570, KDIZ Golden Valley. A service of Salem
0: Media.